Fanatsu is a podcast series that features discussions and interviews designed to help educate the Guam community, as well as the rest of the world, about the decolonization of the island and the possibilities should it become an independent nation. Okay, Hafaday, buenas everybody. This is episode three of Fanatsu. We are, or this is a project of the Independence for Guahan Task Force. I'm joined today by Miguel Bavakwa, as always, and uh, the very talented Jason Datuin of Different, the person responsible, I think, for revitalizing Dinancy in on the uh, household table. So, uh, yeah, um, Jason, you want to say a few words about uh, your background uh, with food and uh, what your any projects you're working on now? At this point in time, I'm currently in the weeds with making Dinancy for the masses. At this point in time, for the holidays. But as far as like our humble beginnings, um, uh, different basically is kind of like a, a brainchild of mine. Um, it was stewing in the back since I was attending culinary school. And um, I basically wanted to create a team, a small team of uh, local talented chefs that I personally chose. So, you know, I just scouted during culinary school and um, I wanted to just work my way in uh, just climbing up the ranks on the local market. So I figured, hey, uh, go to GCC. It's local and the network is great. You know, I could have gone to Le Coran Bleu or another off-island school, but I chose to do it locally. Uh, I think there's like so much talent and why do we have to go off-island? So. It started then, and what happened was graduation comes around, and I said, you know, I need to do something. Um, I was, I, I mean, I basically frequented the night markets, so I said, hey, let's just let's just get the team together and try something new. So at that point in time, I mean, I was also just um, DJing at the time. So DJing. Yeah, it's nice. kind of funny because what happened was that's when the advent of dubstep just came out. Yeah. And I mean, that sound just brought a lot of people in. So I would just be mixing while, while, while we would actually have a live cook off at the night markets. And we really gained attention from then. And it was just on the back burner. The crazy thing about it was, uh, I w- at that point in time, I was working here at the University of Guam at the library, mm-hmm. and I also just received a scholarship from the University of North Texas. So I was caught between like a rock and a hard place, and you know, I I chose the scholarship. I did it for a semester, but then there was something that I I mean, it was just not filling something that I needed to do in that sense. So. Um, trying to balance school, trying to balance work, trying to understand what am I going to do with my communication degree and my culinary arts degree. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I was really at a crossroads. And the hard thing about it is, like, you know, when you accept your scholarship, you have to pay back if you take it. That's right, yeah. But I took the road less traveled. Mm -hmm. It's crazy because I, what I wanted to do was just actually work, return back to the, the University of Guam, work at the library, and actually um, give back in that sense because I really believe in the power of education and technology. So I was just like, holy cow, I'm so torn. But I chose different. And that's where I'm at today. Um, we basically started from the night markets. We kind of built a following, not only through the night markets, but social media. I think we blew that up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of like an understatement. But thank God for my communications degree because that was just all part of the process. So it's just fusing, you know, communications and culinary arts. We we got into the whole food truck movement. The crazy thing about it is, it's like I've never anticipated for Denancy to take off. That was just a fluke, uh, a total wrench in the system. It became your signature, right? Yeah. And at the beginning, honestly, I never wanted to be pigeonholed or coined as some Denancy chef. Yeah. You know, because I, I, I love the kitchen and I love to cook, and uh, there's more to me than just Denancy, but uh, sometimes you kind of have to understand where your road or where the people or where your calling takes you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it didn't dawn upon me until I saw Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Right. Yeah. I saw that. I was just like, holy cow, this guy has been working as a sushi chef for years, but he is world renowned. And I was like, you know what? It's more than just that. So the thing is, I accepted it. I embraced it. And the crazy thing about it is from that one that one choice of embracing something that I thought was just like a, a minuscule part of my, I don't want to say talent, but I think I'm okay in cooking. Yeah. Um, uh, it opened so many doors, so many avenues. I've met so many people. So it, uh, it's like half a day in a jar. I mean, that's the only way I could say it. Uh, we have, like, connected with so many people around the world. Um, and it's amazing because it's like I just took a... I just recently came back from Saipan. And, you know, just to, to see how uh, what you do on social media or whatever you put in a jar or whatever you create in the kitchen has... has I mean, I've met so many beautiful people back there and they've embraced me. And it's like uh, I currently get or constantly, not only currently, even constantly get invited, like, to, to places. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it, cool, man. It's yeah. been amazing. Yeah. And that's interesting, too, because um, I know, like, the, the other islands, they, they have uh, their own distinct uh, peppers and, um, like, a Tinian pepper, for one. Uh, I mean, my, my knowledge of this is very, uh, very vague. But um, that's my understanding, is that they all have uh, pride in their local peppers and their local variations of uh, their own spices. So for them to accept you like that is awesome. Yeah, it is amazing. And the greatest thing about it is because it's like uh, uh, pepper or the usage of pepper is, 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 is widely used throughout the world, especially here in the Mariana Islands. It's uh, uh, the, the best thing that I've, I've, or not the best thing, I mean, it's multifaceted, but... Uh, everyone has their own interpretation and take on it. And 
it's been a beautiful ride meeting with these people. And I mean, we'd sit down and just talk about peppers. And then I'd meet the matriarch of the family. Mm. And uh, it's just been one beautiful ride. Because the thing is, it's like, a, uh, you know, we find it, it's a condiment in our or local shelves or local uh, refrigerators or wherever you may store it, but there's so many similarities we share. It's a beautiful story. Food, especially food and music, these are two things that uh, definitely connect um, people from different cultures together. What really draws me to you and your presence is uh, your presence on social media. You have a very unique, you have a very different presence online. Uh, could you talk a little bit about what goes into that? I know you said uh, you were a communication major, so could you go into your thought process behind that? Okay, the thing is, it's like I've actually, I mean, I've been in love with the internet since since its advent. You know, I could, I, I, I could see myself, I, I chronicle my life through different browsers. It's crazy, you know, like with Mosaic, Netscape Navigator, yeah. Firefox. And, you know, right now, uh, I, you know, it's like that, that's how much of the, the net is a part of my life. Uh, but more so communications. And it goes back to things that I've learned here at the university. It goes back to sender, message, channel, receiver. It just, that is basically the blueprint of what goes on in everyday life, whether it be interpersonal communication or even communicating with food. But uh, one thing I've learned is the best form of communication is communication that is clear, concise, simple and honest and if there's anything i've learned i think you have to be as honest as possible because there is so much junk on the internet these days you know you could either choose I, i've said this before you could either you have a choice to tune into uh, ted tv or world star and many times sadly people turn into or tune into world star uh, that's their choice but um I think communication and technology basically go hand in hand in bridging gaps and breaking down barriers. Uh, uh, I try to be as, sorry about that. No um, I try to be as honest as possible with, with the people. Um, I can only be myself. Uh, and one thing I've learned is once you've communicated, whatever you said, whatever you wrote, whatever you posted, it can't be taken back. So if you're gonna say it and you're gonna communicate it, if you're gonna express it, make sure it's something you don't, you're not swallowing your tongue in the end, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's like um, with food, um, I, I try not to remain boastful or anything. Uh, I try to remain as humble as possible because I think um, on social media, people can sift through BS. Yeah. It's, it's evident. Uh, your timeline will tell your story. It'll chronicle whether you were a promise keeper or a promise breaker. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, definitely what you were saying, uh, social media and, you know, constant communication, being out there, uh, just increases um, transparency, I think. Most definitely. You know, yeah. So, and I think it's interesting that you say that too, because um, that also ensures that you and your food are are kept to a high standard. Because uh, you know, 
with the feedback loop being so uh, so short nowadays, like you can, you know, if someone doesn't like your product, they'll just go out and say it on social media and you're done, basically. Uh, yeah, basically, so, that's the truth. You yeah. know, uh, you, you, you can be a star one day and you could be in the gutter the next. Mm -hmm. You know, that's yeah. that's the way I see it. Um, so I think the most important thing is just being honest as possible with the people. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing I always keep in mind is um, your community and where you come from, right. your roots. You got to remain rooted. But in that sense, it's like not only do you remain rooted, um, it's your people that keep you rooted. They keep you stable in mm -hmm. that sense. You know, I, I, I can't grow and I, I can't, you can dream, but the thing is it's like your people will basically be your foundation. Nice. Yeah. So I'm not sure how familiar you are with uh, independence or even just decolonization in general. Uh, have you been keeping up with like the, the news recently about it or? Um, yeah, uh, to a certain extent because I'm quite busy in the kitchen. Yeah. And going back to being honest about communication, I went to last night's meeting, which was held at the Dededo Community Center, and I picked up a whole bunch of pamphlets and flyers. Right. And I was going to immerse myself in that. You know, who wants to sound like a simpleton on a mic? Mm. But the thing is, if I did something like that just for the sake of doing it and not because um, I was honest about it, then it would show even through this interview. Yeah. So um, whoever's probably listening to this podcast, um, you're not alone. The thing is, it's like I myself, you know, I... Um, independence and these issues such as decolonization are very important. Um, to me, they're, it's, it's a lot more important than who's governor or actually who is president at this time. This is the future of our island. Uh, I have not been able to actually sit down and sink myself, sink my teeth into what's going on. But uh, as much as I am to uh, on keeping up with current events and trying to understand what's going on, uh, I know I'd definitely be heading in that direction. I mean, I I know uh, I've I've heard about the different types of movements that are going on. The three movements, such as statehood and and independence and free association, but at this point in time, like um, uh, I'd like to to gain a, a better understanding. Yeah. Well, um, I wasn't able to make last night's meeting, um, unfortunately. But um, was there anything that uh, really uh, drew your attention or any questions that you came away from the meeting with? Or Yeah, I think, I mean, one thing about me, I mean, for example, when you run a kitchen, a lot of things that also, for example, if you're going to take on a, a, a catering event, budget, uh, it, it, it's, it's a big part of what's going on. So um, I was kind of like um, interested in things such as the budget that's going on into... Uh, or whatever money is, is being allocated into actually getting people um, involved or aware of, of what, what exactly is going on. Uh, I know that uh, with social media, it's free. You know, information can be disseminated quick. Right. All you need is a cell phone and you're on. You know, either a podcast, a live feed, a tweet. Yeah. But real money has to be placed into to what's going on, especially if we want to get the masses, uh, because like what I said, um, the, there's different channels and not everyone is privy to, to a cell phone. You know, so I mean, my mom, as, as heavily 
uh, engaged as I am on, on social media or just like electronic uh, devices, my mom still reads the PDN, you know? I haven't touched the PDN in quite some time because the thing is, it's like I read it on PDF. You know, I love I love flipping through paper, but yeah. right now it's like uh, it's not realistic for me. So those kind of things I ha and those type of issues are really important and dire because the thing is, it's like we alone do not represent the vote. Right. You know, um, I think that's important. Uh, it would be so uh, presumptuous for us to just kind of assume that voice because the voice has many different faces. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's one of the uh, biggest concerns, especially for the different task forces. Um, where in the next year, where is the money going to come from? And will we have enough to uh, really uh, push out um, educational campaigns where we can actually inform uh, citizens about what it is we're trying to do? I mean, uh, Maguette can certainly speak to this, but uh, I think that there has definitely been a lot of ground that's been covered in the past year. If you want to talk a little bit about uh, funding and what the process that's going on right now. So the so money has been appropriated for the the task forces to use, but the process for doing this is uh, kind of confused and kind of ambiguous. So so like um you know we're we're members of a task force and we're all volunteer and so the law basically says that you know these are like volunteer task forces but the money since it's public money you're supposed to go through the government of guam's procurement procedures to use the money so speaking from the independence task force uh, sort of experience that's a, a pain it takes a really long time um and so this this came up earlier this this year when the governor said that he wanted to uh, have a plebiscite by like November, and we said, well, we could, but we've submitted quotes for things and we haven't gotten any of them. And so, if you want to have it in November, like we've been waiting for a laptop, a video camera, a projector, like we've been waiting for all these things. You know, how are we going to have a campaign? If, um, you know, and it even came to the point where in one of the commission meetings, uh, me and Victoria pressed, me and Victoria Leon Guerra pressed the governor and said, would you have been able to run your own campaign for governor if you had to wait eight months to get something? And if, I mean, he didn't really want to deal with that question, of course. But so it was basically putting it out there and saying, this money is there, we know it, but how can we make it as easy as possible so that volunteers, because everyone who's on the Free Association Statehood Independence Task Force, we're all doing it because we believe in it, because we want to get this out there. And the government, therefore, the governor's office and the legislature should make it as easy as possible for us to do our work and not make it so, at present now, some items we're waiting 10 months for. And it's just, it doesn't have to be like that. I mean, government services take a long time, but if this is, if this is an important thing and there's a timeline on, timeline on it, then you can't just say, well, you know, that's how government works. It takes a while to get stuff. We're not in the government. All of us are volunteers. We don't have like a procurement person who basically sits in an office filling out forms, getting quotes and calling up and bothering GSA every day. Like that's, we're, we're volunteers. And so... I'm hoping that in the coming year, there's there's some evidence that things might change. The legislature passed a law, or the legislature has passed uh, a bill amending the law. 
it has to be signed by the governor, and we're waiting to see if that will get rid of some of our problems in terms of procuring things. But as of now, each task force has maybe about $130,000. But it's just, it takes so long to get at it. Like, we've, in, in terms of speaking about social media, like, um, we've asked, so if we want to buy Facebook ads, how does that work? And they have no idea, like, how we're supposed to do that. So, like, once one person told me, oh, yeah, just, like, pay for it and then you'll get reimbursed. And then another person told me, there's no petty cash for you task forces. You can't do that. And we're just like, oh, well, this is what we need. How are we going to do this? And so part of it is that the government of Guam isn't supposed to be engaged in the... The governments aren't normally engaged in these types of things, in, like, marketing and so on. And, and so the government doesn't know how to do a lot of this and we need to work together to make it easier for us so we can do our jobs. But as of now, it's just a lot of wasting time. And, you know, cause if you imagine these task forces, we've had this money for like, uh, like a year and a half, two years now, but it's so difficult to spend. Cause even when we submit our quotes and we do our part, it just sits there and we don't know where it's at in the government. Like, um, you know, we're supposed to, our task force requested in February a laptop, and we have the money for it, and we're waiting for the laptop. We requested graphic artists, illustrators, a muralist, we're waiting and waiting and waiting. And so, um, you know, to what Jason was talking about in terms of social media, like social media and these campaigns, you got to move quickly. Like if you kind of say, let's make an ad, and then eight months later, you can make the ad, Everything is different eight months later. <laughs> the ad has been had. Yeah. Basically, that's what it is. The ad has been had. It's not pertinent. The thing is, it's like with social media, uh, I mean, especially attention span for this generation, it's very disposable. It is a, it's either a swipe away or a click away, yeah. you know? And like what you said, in, as far as the procurement process, the thing is, it's like, okay, now we get the laptop, now we get the graphic artist, but there's a lot of elements. It's like, okay, what if we need an ad for, for Facebook? Mm -hmm. What are we going to do, turn in one procurement process? Or, or like, it's like, it's, it's, it's absurd. You know, there's so many different elements. So those are tasks. One thing that kind of like really piqued my interest is it's beyond the three different task force. The way I see it is just getting that awareness out. We have to work together. Uh, sure, no yeah. matter what, because this is basically our island, our future, our destiny. Mm -hmm. And um, um, I mean, I was a reading. Uh, I, I was not only reading, but I was just conceptualizing. Even like the portal, uh, for example, uh, how are we going to do this? Is it going to be one portal with three? You know, because it's it's like we're exactly where we. I mean, with me, I'm still trying to understand. Mm -hmm. I'm still absorbing. So right now. I'm at that dry sponge stage. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, uh, it's a good stage to be in, especially uh, being here. But um, uh, just really quickly on what Miguel was saying, uh, this is very much a, a grassroots effort, uh, this educational process, uh, what we're doing. Um, so all three of the status uh, task forces have been basically left to their own devices. Uh, Independence has been the most active, and uh, it's largely in part uh, due to... Uh, uh, volunteer uh, students here at the University of Guam and other community members, but um, is there is there a specific thing that you you might be confused by, or uh, is is any of is decolonization scary uh, for you? Just in thinking about it, um, 
I think change in general is scary for anyone. Right. You know, I mean, that's just that's just human nature to 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 fear the unknown. I mean, I was scared when I was at that cross uh, that crossroad, like whether or not I should uh, pay back this this loan for a scholarship that I received. But you know, you you just have to kind of really find it in yourself to to believe because change is scary but you know change can be beautiful and it is very rewarding too yeah 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 high risk high reward of course um, basically it's an exclamation that's what it is versus a period yeah yeah you know <laughs> that's what it is it's either a comma mm-hmm. a period or an exclamation nice. and you basically choose you know, it's a bold statement because when you say the word independent, you know, it brings up uh, words such as tutelage, uh, being free in that sense. Freedom, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, at last night's discussion, I was just talking to someone who was just there and his concern was, you know, uh, I've talked to most of my family members and they're just fine with the status quo. And I was kind of like blown to the back of the room. You know what I'm saying? That's just me. I was like, holy cow. But that's the sad reality of it all. Mm-hmm. Because when you're so used to the norm, yeah. nobody wants to have the rug pulled off their right under their foot, right. you know? But, you know, it could lead you into many beautiful places if you just allow yourself to land gracefully. Yeah. So the thing is, it's like uh, I'm just very at this point in time, I'm very concerned about just getting the message out there because everything is definitely grassrooted at this point in time. Everything is done through chinchuli or just, uh, you know, uh, good vibes. That's what it basically is. Uh, It's, you know, it's people just putting in that extra uh, time, burning that midnight oil when we have extra time outside of our regular jobs, just like me here today. Uh, Going to that meeting last night, I was, I was literally cutting it. You know, I I had to be out of the kitchen. So it was kind of crazy, but that was important for me to be up there. You know, I had, there was something inside that said that I had to be in and get informed but even when I got up there five minutes to hear different platforms was a little bit too short for me you know it was just like holy cow you know you just open the cake and then you're just going to put it away (laughs) seriously Um, so those are issues that are that 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 concern me because like what I said the message is very important Mm -hmm. how do we disseminate it the thing is it's like uh, no person can do it alone you know, no matter where you stand on the, the issue, we got to get it out there. Because like what I said, um, there's so many people that are still not aware. Right, yeah. Hmm. Awareness. It's true. It's, uh, I, um, and so it's, you're right. It's, you know, this is something which, like you said, it involves destiny. It involves the future. Like there's all like sort of, sacred rights that have long been denied to a people and so then but then when you look at it like last night and it was like a one-man show like one guy like organized everything and then moderated it and did everything and 
it's kind of like uh, that's why uh, you know we've been calling on people to just basically you know like tell the tell the governor tell the senators basically that like this is important put the resources behind it because you're right like like it can't be a one-man show like you see what happens um, because you may get the space you may get the PA system you may get the food but then you didn't do any marketing <laughs> you know the the word didn't get out there the way I try so, to, the way I try to see it is from a kitchen standpoint review uh, what about the person that's washing dishes you know there's always going to be the executive chef your sous chefs I try to look at things from the lens of the person that's washing the dishes and just stepping back. You know, I think pretty much everyone in that room last night was was pretty, you know, they, they, they came there because they, they needed to be fed. But you don't want to just keep seeing the same faces and at the same table. I want to see faces that I've never seen before. People that are not part of my social circle on social media, you know, uh, I I want to meet that one person who has no mutual friends with me. Nice. Mm -hmm. You know? Someone that just pops out and says, hey, you know what? This is important to me. This is the future of not just my island, but it's our island. Uh, I want to meet those kind of people. Those voices are important to me because those voices are probably voices that have amazing ideas that we've never heard of, you know, whether it be simple or complex. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everyone here pretty much is in uh, a tight social circle or, you know, in the know, right. you know, the in crowd. <laughs> but I don't really care about in crowds. That's just me, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I don't care for crowds. I, I just, I just want to be around great people that give a damn about what's going on. Mm -hmm. That's important. Yeah, I think it says a lot that um, you actually agreed to to come and be a, a part of the show too. It, it shows uh, how open minded you are, and um, uh, you know that dry sponge concept. But uh, do you think that there would be many people, many other people like you that um, are hungry for this knowledge, or do you think that um, there's still a lot of people who are scared to entertain the idea of uh, a new political future? Do you enjoy breathing? I do. Yeah, exactly. very much. That's just. <laughs> I mean, that's the way I see it, you know, the future of our island, it's what we breathe, it's what, you know, it's, it's basically you, it's a reflection, your land, how you connect with it, your people. So I, I, the thing is, I just don't think that people are aware at this point in time of how important it is to them, you know, uh, they're too busy thinking about the new iPhone or the new Android for Christmas and <laughs> what am I going to wear tonight? But the thing is, you break down all those things and we're still human, you know. Um, we need to belong somewhere in that sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think there's just like a lot of things that we need to unlearn, you know, decolonize your mind. Yeah. Exactly. It's the same thing. It's the same process. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's interesting that you mentioned that. That was the, the theme of our, our last episode too, uh, decolonizing the mind. Um, how do we how do we break through that barrier? Um, what's your perception of decolonization uh, growing up? It, it well, my father was in the military, mm -hmm. so it's kind of strange, you know. The thing is, it's like you know, uh, when you're young, 
you, you know, you, you learn these things, it's like, um, why do you have to learn your own language? Because it's not so necessary. But as you grow older, you know, and you come back and you understand why it is. And it's whole part, it's the whole part, part, I mean, it's basically part of the whole and it's basically part of the journey. So, and every journey is, is distinct and it's, 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 um, it's unique. So as far as what's going on, um, I'm still learning. Um, it is a little bit scary. But the thing is, it's like the more I know, the less scary it becomes. Yeah. I, I, this, that's the simplest way I can put it. Um, you know, when um, I don't want to say that uh, people are too scared to, to uh, you know, that to, to bite the hand that feeds. So, mm. you know, that's just, just, that's just the way it is. But yeah. the thing is, it's like um, you can feed yourself. Nice. You know, I've learned to do it, you know. I've learned it from my nana. Yeah. So the thing is, and I've learned it from my mom, and I've learned it from many different people. The thing is, it doesn't have to just come from one source. Yeah. Beautiful. Nicely said. I think you talking about your, your nana, that's it's very important because I think, uh, especially with Americanization, um, you know, it's easy for us to forget uh, different ways of knowing, different, different knowledges that are out there and especially things that, um, we're actually, um, beneficiaries to, you know? So, um, the legacies that your, our grandparents uh, hold, the, the wisdom that they, that they have, is there anything, um, that your, your grandmother has shared with you that, uh, has shaped, uh, your, your, your world lens in a sense? Oh, basically, I mean, my world lens has definitely been shaped by my Nana and just like my elders, but the thing is, in regards to what's going on as far as decolonization, um, my grandmother basically suffered through a lot of the atrocities of uh, World War II. And I've heard like a lot of the stories. So me being at this end of the spectrum, she is very patriotic. But one thing about her, she would always teach me the essence of forgiveness. And not only forgiveness, but trying out something new. One thing I've always learned about from my nana is um, it doesn't hurt to try, you know. Um, so with that being said, um, what we've learned over the past hundred years as far as just what's going on, I mean, it, it goes back for thousands of years as us being colonized, but um, uh, not thousands, but hundreds of years. But... Um, We're at this point in time where we need to make choices for ourselves, for once. Um, it's always been made for us. The greatest thing about my Nana is she's always given me the opportunity to choose freely, you know, to create when I'm in the kitchen. Um, she would say, what do you think? What do you want to do? Hmm. You know, um, she's basically... Um, the voice behind different when she speaks because she would always say try something different do something different um she was she basically was a cook for the the governor so many years back for ricky Berdalio when he was in administration wow. so um it's kind of crazy how it passed down from her to me but like what i said um 
she would always just encourage me to try something new and something different. Um, and you never know where it'll lead you. Uh, with Like what I said, with that being said, um, we're at that pinnacle right now. And who isn't scared to try something new? It's like taking that leap of faith for the first time. Because every time we're just right about to, to, to jump, something just pulls us back. And it's a great time to be alive right now. That's, um, it's amazing. Uh, uh, I mean, just with what's going on, you know, a black president, for example, not only a black president, but at the beginning of the races, whoever um, thought Donald Trump would actually be president, yeah. it was basically, uh, it was a joke in the beginning. Really? Mm -hmm. I remember, yeah. It was. You know, it's like, really? Come on. When you first heard of him being, or even running, now who's laughing in that sense? Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It is. Man. So is there anything that, that scares you? Uh, we talk a lot about how um, change, change is scary for anybody. I'm sure that's true for most of us. Is there anything that scares you um, when you hear uh, words like uh, decolonization or independence, statehood, free association? In it, all honesty, mm -hmm. no. And that's me being as honest as possible because I really believe in our people. We have come a long way. There are so many bright minds out there. We just have to tap into it. We have to open up our eyes, open up our hearts, open up all avenues. Because like what I said, it just goes back to what we were talking about. There could be that one person that could just be the key in that sense. You know, there's so many keys to turn, but you know, um, there's so many people. Um, it's crazy how many uh, ideas I see constantly on a daily basis just floating around the internet. And what's amazing is the whole fact that when I see local ideas, I am just, I'm, my heart just, it glows. Yeah. You know, when I see talent uh, in all forms, whether it be in the political arena, whether it be music, just, just talent in general, um, I think we're all called to serve. And that's very important. The, the thing is, we as a people, or if you consider yourself an enlightened mind, open that invitation. Hmm. Don't hoard the information. Because one person alone can't, you know, like what I said, there's so much information, but how much of it is actually used for, for wisdom? You know, it has to be applicable. If not, it's just like a, okay, here's an example. In the, when, 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 when the internet just started, or actually the widespread usage of the internet, the quality of information was totally different. Now we have so much junk out there. Right. You know, people actually took pride in their websites, in creating. I think we have to go back to that in that sense. You know, not just upload something on a Snapchat. Right, yeah. Because that, I mean, when I think about that, it's like, who is storing all this junk, you know? And how much junk do we feed ourselves? So I think it's our job, you know, just between you and me, uh, 
conversating right now and opening up room for discussion and dialogue. Let's open that up to the masses. And as mentioned earlier, we have to pull resources, pull our, our strengths. You know, it's not just about one option. Because like what I said, whether it's statehood, mm-hmm. independence, or free association, it's still going to affect us all. We can't be greedy about that process. So what you're saying is then um, education of the process itself, the different options, and, um, you know, all of those things, even er- down to the, the, the minutiae, you know, those are, those are all very important in order for our people to make uh, an informed decision. I personally, I mean, from what I've observed at the different meetings and what have you, um, I think especially with free association, there's a lot of room for um, collaboration those are both pretty strong remarks about uh, uh, freedom and sovereignty, and there's there's very very few differences. Uh, but Maget can certainly uh, testify to those. Well, in terms of looking ahead, free you can consider free association and independence to kind of be on the same side in a in a way, because traditionally, free association is thought of as being like a transition towards independence. And so um, free association before was never like a permanent status. It was just supposed to be that you're not ready yet for independence. So you freely associate with your colonizer for a little while. And then eventually you kind of uh, sort of break that relationship. Um, Now, however, free association can actually be possibly a transition period towards statehood as well. It, it is possible. It depends. So, um, but it depends, but free association is different because it's, there's so much uh, flexibility. It's such a wide category. So the way that the CNMI has free association, if you, if you were to include it as a form of it, then that could eventually, you know, be a state if they wanted to. They could try. But Palau, you would never look at Palau and say Palau is on the path to becoming a state in the United States. But both of them have free association. And so that's really like the difference there is that the people, so the people who, if they choose free association, then you got to look at where you want to go into the future. And as we've talked about, statehood is not really a realistic option. That's what I was thinking. It's it's just unrealistic. (laughs) It's hard because it's the one where you can say, it's kind of like you ask somebody, hey, let's get married, and they can just say no forever. Exactly. We've been waiting since 1901, right? Yeah, we've a long time, and it's (laughs) just kind of... I mean, I'm just trying to think about last night's meeting and getting numbers down, but I I recall them saying about 1901, an X amount of tomorrows have been... Oh, yeah, the petition. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, you know what, it's 2016. They can just hold you in, you know, it's just like waiting at uh, uh, an emergency room and you are bleeding. How long are we nice. going to bleed? Nice, I like that. Especially yeah. That's especially uh, pertinent to um, uh, militarization and, uh, you know, the high recruitment numbers uh, on Guam. You know, there's a lot of Chamorro serving in the military. So how long will we bleed before uh, we achieve uh, um, statehood? You know, that's interesting. That's where, uh, so 
free association and independence could totally collaborate in a sense because both of them could be about kind of just Guam becoming more autonomous, taking care of its its things more. It's, it's very fascinating when you look at statehood because the majority of Chamorros today would say that they support statehood. That doesn't mean they know much about statehood. It really just is kind of they feel dependent on the United States, so they're afraid to break away from the United States. But what I found is that the more you talk to people about it, then the more they realize that it's not really possible or it's not even that great. Um, like you think, Guam has like less than 200,000 people. And would Texas vote to have Guam be equal to Texas? Exactly. Would California vote to have Guam be equal to California? I mean, California's got, you know... Maybe California might. California's kind of open-minded compared to a lot of the other states. I mean, maybe Washington might. Washington, recreational pot out there, you know, maybe the people there might, consciousness is lifted, and they might say, yes, our brothers and sisters in Guam, we welcome them into the union. But you think West Virginia or Tennessee or Oklahoma, I mean, a lot of Chamorros get stationed in places like Oklahoma and Nebraska, but... You got to look at the United States and then you have to realize that statehood is the one option where it doesn't matter what you think or what you feel because you're asking to be part of somebody else and they can say no forever. And they don't, it doesn't, and it could be mean, but it's kind of like, so what? It's, it's you're asking to be a part of them. So if they want to haze you, if they want to make this like a mean girls movie or something like that, you got to do whatever they say to try to get them to accept you because you're basically begging and asking to be part of them. So for me, that's why statehood's not realistic because there's no restriction that says a small place can't become a state, but you just look at the politics of it. You just look at the United States and, I mean, you look at how it is now with, um, so when I would have Guam history, like debates in my classes, people would always say, well, you know, now that we've got a black person as president, America's changing, they would look at this, this like cute brown island in the Pacific and they would say, come be a part of us. But then you look at who's going to be president next year and maybe you're thinking, oh yeah, this is never going to happen. Like they look at this brown island and they say, are you Muslims? If you are, you can't come. So. The way I look at it is how fun can purgatory be? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They'll keep you on that waiting room forever. Hmm. And you just keep up with your hopes and your dreams and people just dying around you, waiting for that to happen. You know, the thing is, you got to just stand up and seize the moment while it's hot, you know, while you still have vitality in you, hmm. you know. Nice. Are we going to die waving a flag or are we going to brave a new, a new course? ourselves. It's interesting that independence is uh, the only uh, political status option our colonizer would be uh, bound by international law, right, to to then enact a transition period into independence or, you know, the, the political status that we have chosen. The issue with that is always that the, the United States is obligated to do a lot of things, but they don't see it that right. way. Right. Um, this came out last night in the in the village meeting when somebody asked about the non-binding nature of the plebiscite. And so, um, because part of it is that the United States 
refuses to recognize that whatever people on Guam decide, they should be bound by. And so, I mean, you've, uh, you, like the, when uh, Christian Adams, the attorney for Dave Davis, was arguing a couple months ago in the district, in the court, he basically said, international law doesn't exist. There's no such thing as international law, which is completely not true. But a lot of lawyers in the U.S., judges in the U.S., politicians in the U.S. say, international what? We don't got to listen to anything except the U.S. Constitution and, and Donald Trump's Twitter account. You know, that's it. And so um, that's where we run into the problem is that the U.S. has an obligation and the U.S. is not obligated to give Guam statehood. And the U.S., um, but the U.S. would be obligated for the other two options to support them because they would do not infringe on the sovereignty of the United States. Statehood would. It's not like you you vote and then you get to become because the U.S. has its own rules through which territory is integrated. But for the other two, it would just be a matter of negotiating. And the U.S. should come to the table to talk about it. But you never know. You never know. It's kind of like... As like Noam Chomsky has put it, it's it's like it's like trying to negotiate with your local mafia Don. Is that Don Corleone is not used to to sort of the the guy who makes his wedding cakes. He's not used to that guy who makes his wedding cakes telling him what to do. It's not used to sort of the the button man down the street telling him what to do. And so that's kind of what Guam is like. Guam is going to approach somebody who is used to getting everything they want and doing whatever it takes to hold on to it or to get it. And so Guam's going to be kind of be like, hey, you know, can we please get this? And so it will be a, a strange experience trying to go through that sort of thing. Can you imagine asking a person in WhatsApp or even Facebook Messenger a question and you've seen the tick mark, it's blue, and it has been seen but you've been looking at it for years. How are you gonna feel? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then all of a sudden someone says, hey, sorry for the late response. <laughs> and then guess what happens? I'll make you wait for a few hundred years again. You know, that's, that's the way it's been. You know, you, you have to hold people accountable for their actions as much as we are accountable for ours in that sense. You know, if you can ask a question, you might as well give answers as well. Nice, yeah. yeah. I think we all know that pain. It is. In, it, in it's very painful. Yeah. You know, and that's why I use that as just a, an example. Uh, don't tell me it doesn't get at the back of you when you ask a question because you are so humble about it. You just, you're inquisitive and you want to know. You know, it's, it's a genuinely honest question, whether it be absurd or, but it's just you being inquisitive. And, you know, we've been asking questions for the longest time. So, you know, questions need to be answered. Is there anything, is there something specifically that you would like to, that you would like to see or that you would hope for in a, in a new Guam, whatever status that may be? Is there something that uh, is vital for you in our political future? Um, I think education is actually the, uh, the great equalizer. I mean, I, I love it. I've been working here at the university prior to this for 10 years at the library. So I'm a geek. And I've seen it enable people. I've seen people walk through the library on their first year and come out on their fourth year. And I'm so proud. 
So I think the uh, I think our people just need to educate ourselves in that sense, but not only educate ourselves, but the want, the need to be educated is important. We got to stress that. Uh, there's like like what I said. There's so much education out there, or even free information. You know, there's databases full. There's 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 there's, there's storehouses, and there's there's education all over the place. But the thing is, somehow we got to just want it, you know, in that sense. Um, I think we need to stress that. Uh, and it's free, you know. And like what I said, uh, I'm sure you've downloaded an MP3 and it wasn't legal. So it's out there. Yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You will find a way. You know, it, it's up to you. It's really up to you. And like what I said, it's amazing when you give like a child uh, an electronic device, how they absorb it. It's it's crazy. You give them okay. You give them you give them an iPhone and they'll learn it in a day, right? But you give them a mop and it takes them like a month. Yeah. So it's really up to you. <laughs> you know. So we you have to you have to stress the importance of both. You know. You can't just beautify uh, beautify and not clean up. It's the same thing. You gotta, like what I said, it goes hand in hand, and it's it's finding that balance. But I think, like what I said, I just I just pray that that um, we as a people um, stress the importance of education, and for people that 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 are 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 in that position to do so, you know, don't be stingy with your knowledge, mm. because it's it's not wisdom if you're not going to share it. The term they uh, throw around loosely in the English department is uh, mental masturbation. <laughs> yeah. So what what good is, uh, you know, all these essays and stuff? What is that doing? But unless you're applying it practically, like you said. So, yeah. Cool. Um, before we wrap up, I don't know, Jason brought us a couple of complimentary bottles of Denancy, different Denancy, by the way. So I just want to I want to share with you guys something you can expect from every bottle of, uh, of Denancy. Check this out. Every time, fresh. Right on. Yeah, thank you so much. You're more than welcome. Yeah. Always welcome. Uh, are there any um, any plugs? Anything uh, you want to plug in before mm. we wrap up? Nothing in general. Just thank you for being here. And How I can thank we... God for being here. Thank you, thank you. We've enjoyed having you. I, I certainly hope uh, um, that you'd be able to doing another podcast in the future. Oh, so most definitely. Awesome, like, man. Because you're like you're like built for the yeah. podcast. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I know. Um, I know you're you're really busy uh, now that the holidays are upon us. But um, how can people reach you um, and your brand? Um, the easiest way, and I never really give this out, but I, I'll triple seven chef. That's the easiest way to get hold of me. I mean, I mean, for those who are not on social media, I mean, there's always a phone, you know. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Um, again, anything uh, coming up? A couple things coming up. So on the 22nd of December, that's when the Independence Task Force will be having our General Assembly. And so please come and uh, join us 6 p.m. Uh, Thursday at the Chamorro Village Main Pavilion. We'll be honoring uh, Senator Chilang Bamba, who was uh, helpful in getting Chamorros compensated for land taken after World War II and starting the war reparations process. We'll also be talking about water and how to and what's it called? How an independent Guam can protect this vital resource. And um, looking to the future and looking to next year and next month, on the fifth of January, um, tentatively the 
Independence Task Force is going to be having a teach-in at the University of Guam, um, HSS Room 106 at uh, 6 p.m., which will be focused on the issue of war reparations. And so you may have heard a lot in the media out there about Guam getting war, Chamorro's finally getting war reparations. And so in our teaching, we're going to really look at the fine print about that, about how, yes, war re reparations are, are on the table, the, the Congress has approved it, but you've got to look at why they've approved it, as in where the money is coming from and how um, this, this process is, is not over by any means. And so um, we'll be having more information and sending out flyers and, and social media stuff on that in the future. Awesome. Ooh. Yes. One more drawing board plug so I can just hold myself to this. Uh, hopefully next year, um, if all goes well, um, Different is probably going to transition into a full-blown sauce company. So nice. that's my vision. Wow. Uh, it's probably going to be called GPS, uh, Guam Premium Sauces. Nice. So you can find us all the time. <laughs> Awesome, man. That's great news. Awesome. Well, uh, you've been listening to Funatsu. We are a project under the Independence Task Force. Uh, we've enjoyed having you here. Um, tune in again. Thank you. Viva. Funatsu is created by the Media Committee of Independent Guahan. Independent Guahan's mission is to empower the Chamorro people to reclaim their sovereignty as a nation. Inspired by the strength of their ancestors and with the love for future generations, they seek to educate and unify all who call Guam home in order to build a sustainable and prosperous independent future. Feedback and questions can be sent to independentguahan at gmail.com, all one word. For more information, head to www.independentguahan.com or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Ihinangainga Independent Guahan, Araba Yenafanataka Yaman Tamoru, Pawatuli Tati de Retota Komo Unashon, Gihilutano, Yeniminet Gutniha Yimanyanata, Tani Guinezata Nuifamago Umtamotna, Inakekefan Manungo, Tana Kekefanet Don Todu Itotosiha, Nimanyasagagi Ininatano, Pawatanat Letfetna Ida Guahan, Ni Todu Ininasenata, Kosiki Senior Tafan Latla Maulik Motna, Fanatsu, Hita Latmon.